ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The crack is how the light gets in. In this podcast, Eckhart talks about suffering and how to transcend it. He says, suffering is everyone's spiritual teacher because it drives us to a kind of willingness. He believes it cracks open the hard shell of the ego, suddenly allowing the light to shine through. Eckhart mentions the legendary singer Leonard Cohen, who wrote a song about this universal experience. He sings, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Eckhart also uses the example of Buddha, who suffered by becoming obsessed with doing and attaining enlightenment. Eckhart explains how Buddha put himself through extreme practices and nearly died until one day he decided he'd suffered enough. This is the moment, Eckhart says, the Buddha's ego cracked open and fulfilling enlightenment poured in. Eckhart says we all will suffer until we realize we don't need to anymore to grow spiritually. I won't talk tonight about the general situation of the world. Maybe we'll talk about it one of these days. More importantly is your state of consciousness. And so don't be afraid of being. And in fact, Acknowledge being. I believe it, the French philosopher Pascal, I believe it was Pascal, said, all the, the ills or the troubles of humanity are derived from the inability to sit quietly in a room. All the problems of humanity can be traced back to their inability to sit quietly in a room. <laughs> so he's talking about the loss of the being dimension. And that explains all the turmoil in the world. Disconnectedness from the transcendent. And so here then practice sitting quietly in a room too, but not by saying, okay, now I'm going to sit quietly for 15 minutes. This is the trouble with sometimes people who meditate, they, they say, now I'm doing a meditation. Let's do a meditation and then immediately people go, okay. I'm doing it. 
why are you doing it? Um, I want to arrive at, well, enlightenment or at least some bit of peace. Well, ultimately, you're doing a meditation for the realization of being. So you're doing something in order to realize the absence of doing. The true meditation is just is the realization of being. And time does not help with that. <laughs> However, you, now this is a little paradox, you may need time to finally arrive at the realization that you don't need time to awaken. <laughs> Some people need time. And finally, after years, they go, oh, I didn't need all that. That was happened to the Buddha. He, he, that, that was his life. He, he, he saw the unsatisfactoriness of human existence even as a young man. Although he was wealthy, he saw the unsatisfactoriness. He saw that uh, every human life is short. It, it ends in illness and death. What's the point of it all, he said as a human. So he went out. He had lots of spiritual teachers and all kinds of extreme spiritual practices for years. Practiced with many teachers. And the awakening didn't happen. But he already had even, he even had some disciples already, although he hadn't quite awakened himself yet. And one day he said, this is my simplification of the story of the Buddha. One day he said, I've had enough. And then he stopped all spiritual practices and he sat under a tree, not seeking anything anymore. He had been seeking for years, doing the, doing the practices. And then all seeking came to an end. And his disciples, when he, they saw him sit under a tree, they left him and said, oh, he's lost it. <laughs> yeah, he did lose, he, but what he lost was good. He lost the, the doing, the obsession with doing. And so under that tree, the awakening happened. And so you could say, well, couldn't he have done that years before the very beginning? Theoretically, yes, but like many humans, they need time to arrive at the realization that it is the time does not awaken you. But paradoxically, you may need time to realize that. And also, related to that, you may need suffering to realize that there is a suffering can be transcended. Suffering can end. I'm talking about psychological suffering, the suffering entity. And you may need to suffer until you realize that suffering is no longer necessary for you. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. I've had many accounts of people that have told me that they were given the power of now as a gift from a relative or a friend and they opened it and they read a page or half a page and they said, what is this nonsense? <laughs> and then they put it away and said, why did you give me that book? It makes no sense at all, they said to their friend or relative. Oh, that by the way, as you might know, that also when Time magazine reviewed The Power of Now, they came to the same, the reviewer came to the same conclusion. <laughs> I think the term was mumbo jumbo. <clears throat> and uh, strangely, the magazine went downhill after that. <laughs> And now it's no longer in print. <laughs> and so they, they put the book aside, and then years later, they, they, several people told me similar stories. Years later, they put the book up again, they opened it again and said, wow, suddenly it all made sense. Now, what happened in these intervening years? They suffered a lot. <laughs> And so the suffering drove them to a point of readiness. Suffering tends to crack open the, the hard, egoic shell. And then the light suddenly shines through. As I thought it Leonard Cohen says, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light shines through. A crack in everything. Whatever you do, wherever you go, this crack will appear somehow in a wider sense. Something goes wrong. So here you practice being, and one of the very helpful practices here in order to avoid adding to the clutter of your mind, and in fact letting go of the, the clutter is... Uh, Practice awareness of the simplicity of the present moment, the sense perceptions of the present moment. Acknowledge the isness of all things. Give, that, give it attention and refrain as much as possible from labeling your sense perceptions. That is not impossible. It is, of course, a deep-seated habit to continuously have to label your sense perception, what you're seeing. Oh, look at that, isn't that nice? Oh, this was something I saw that last year my aunt had that. Oh, I wish I had that in my book. Where can you buy that? I wonder, oh, isn't this interesting? I wonder what the tree is called. There's nothing wrong with finding the names of trees, but don't lose yourself in that. 
there is another way of being in the world that is non-conceptual, that awakens the non-conceptual dimension, the non-conceptual intelligence in you. Because there is a vast intelligence waiting to be awakened, and I call it non-conceptual intelligence. It cannot be measured in IQ tests. So you might have a high IQ, doesn't mean you're closer to awakening. In fact, if you're identified with all the knowledge, then you're further away from awakening, if you're identified with it. Practicing sense perception without labeling mentally, and this is beautiful, and this is part of the beingness of the practice being. Sense perception is visual, auditory, the birds, visual, sky, amazing things to see, vegetation, plants, even feeling the breeze on your skin with the warm air. Sometimes the wind gets, can be get quite strong here. It's the uh, first day I was came here. There's a trade winds that sometimes blow across the ocean that can last for hours and days, and it's a continuous and you can feel it on your skin. It's not unpleasant, and so you can feel that. And breathe whatever scent there may be in the air, all senses, and experience that. Be there as the awareness for the sense perceptions, and that, that awareness is the space. So you are the space for whatever arises. But knowingly, right now, here we can practice that. We sit here, aware of the room, the totality of it. You can look around, ceiling. There's a man sitting on the chair up here. Who is that? The body, okay. Quite pleasant, but I'm already labeling it. But it's you don't. There's no need to label it. Just let it be. So in this moment, there are your sense perceptions, mostly visual, probably because and, and auditory because there's the sound of my voice. Sense perceptions, and yes, of course you might feel the weight of your body on the chair, all that, yes. And what else is there? That which enables the sense perceptions to be. We could call that consciousness. But that is the essence of you. That is the deep I. So can you be aware of that deep I at the same time as you perceive through your senses whatever is there? So you have, there are two, two dimensions here now. One dimension is the world, whatever it contains, and you take that in through sensory perception. And then you are aware 
of the awareness that makes sensory perception possible. You can you feel that you are, you can sense the I am. And here things happen. But in the depths of your being, nothing is happening. It's beyond any happening because there's no time there. There's time here everywhere. Time is the thing that enables you to do everything that you do. Time does that and then it takes everything away. (laughs) Time gives you all kinds of stuff and it makes you grow (laughs) and they get stronger and then it starts eroding you and then in the end it kills you. Oh my God. Time is killing me. Some people, I already realized that a long time ago that time is killing me, but the older one gets, the more you realize that time is is, um, engaged in killing you. And that's scary if all that you know of yourself is the physical body and and the personality then that's, that's, there's great fear. That's all you know. You've never gone any deeper. How? Oh. So the timeless dimension, present moment, present moment is the portal into that dimension, transcendent dimension. Now, this is a beautiful practice sense perceptions without la- let go of labels. When they arise, just let, don't become too interested in the labels. They are thoughts. Just let, let go. And then you are, while you're here especially, the practice is to be as present moment centered as possible. Otherwise your life is usually consists of your past, the present moment, and your so-called future. Now, for most people, either future or past almost completely occupy their attention. Until you get old, it's usually future. When you reach a certain age and you realize that you don't have much future left, then you become more interested in the past and you start thinking about it. Oh, that was then, there. oh, I remember that, yeah. But the present moment is rarely fully acknowledged. It's always, it's just a stepping stone to the next moment, which is the future. Or you actively hate it. That's not uncommon too. There are people who who live in an antagonistic relationship with the present moment most of their lives. (laughs) And sometimes older, some older people, they get the the cantankerous old men getting... Don't talk to me about that, I know it all. It's all rubbish, nonsense. (laughs) So here you practice living in the two dimensions. The deep eye and the surface eyes, fine, it has its place, you acknowledge it. But practice present moment living, the future and the past 
Obviously, everybody knows that, that they actually don't exist as such. Don't you know that? Well, they don't exist. Present and past and future don't actually exist. If anybody can prove to me that they exist, then they must have experienced them. Future, for example, does it exist? Yes, in my mind, as a thought. But nobody has ever tasted it, touched it, been there, experienced it, the future. I'm, ex I'm a would-be great explorer. I'm going to find the future. And when you find it, it's the present moment. And again, the past. When it happened, it was the present moment. And I'm thinking about it now, which is the present moment. So the past exists still as a thought. But we don't need to go there. It sounds like philosophy. It's more simple. All there ever is in your life, I think everybody must admit, be able to admit that, all there ever is is the present moment. That's, that's how you experience life, as the present moment. And if you disregard that and reduce it to a means to an end or actively dislike it, then your life is dysfunctional and extremely unconscious and you are a trouble to yourself, you create problems, you create conflict continuously. It's insane. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So the, the acknowledgement of the, the, of the present moment is absolutely vital. So it begins with acknowledging whatever arises in the present moment, not internally resisting whatever arises in the present moment. And that's another practice here. As you let go of the habits of your personality, they gradually recede, subside, and you no longer argue with the present moment because for many people there's a habit of discontent. They're not rooted in being, so they're discontent. There's a, always a discontent somewhere floating around. And then they seek explanations for the underlying feeling of discontent. Easy to find explanations why you're, why you're not happy in the external. Even here, various obstacles can arise here to your, the deepening of your consciousness. One of the obstacles is the patterns of your mind that travel with you, that are part of your personality. 
they create a reactivity to things or to people. But another obstacle is, it's too nice here. It's too pleasant. How can you awaken in paradise? Nobody would awaken in paradise. You're much more likely to awaken in hell. But don't worry, even here you will be challenged either by external events, seen significant things, but they'll bring up a, some kind of complaint. I'm not talking about complaint when something needs to be rectified, something can be done about it, but the other kind of complaining. So watch your mind. Observe patterns of reactivity and, and useless complaining if they arise, because complaining is an important part of many egos. For many egos, complaining is a very important part of their sustenance. They thrive on it, criticizing, complaining, finding fault here and there. Uh, it's all part of the, the underlying discontent. Uh, of something, always a sense of something not, something not being right, something not right, uh, something is missing, don't know what, something missing, sense of in not enough, even this is not enough, this wasn't what I was expecting, I was expecting something else, there are too many people here, I was expecting something smaller. Uh, no, I, I can't do it here, it's just too many, I, this isn't right. Uh, oh, it's too touristy, I don't like it here. It's too, 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 there are tourists around, tourists. Um, uh. But according to the latest research, tourists are actually human beings. <laughs> so if you come to a place of living aligned with the isness of the moment. This is a beautiful spiritual practice until it becomes second nature. Being in alignment with the isness of now. And uh, that means also the thinking mind slows down the more you are aligned with the isness of now. And you acknowledge the now and whatever arises in the now, including and especially the small things in the present moment. You begin to enjoy just walking from here to there, a few steps, conscious of taking one step at a time, handling an object putting on your shoes or your sandals, uh, making a cup of tea. You come to a, acknowledge the aliveness of everything, even so-called inanimate objects, because ultimately nothing is inanimate. I want to go more deeply into that during this retreat. All the ancient cultures, ancient civilizations, um, including the Polynesian civilization here, but going back everywhere, they all had uh, the primordial 
spirituality of all ancient cultures was what is called animism. Animism means not just the belief, but the feeling or the sensing that everything in this world has a spirit, is, has a soul, anima from a soul, Latin from soul. Animism underlies all ancient spirituality um, in everywhere. The, the sensing that the world is intensely alive, there is a hidden presence in all things. Not just alive things, but also so-called inanimate things. There is a hidden presence. And that is, we, we, can, we are re returning to that realization now at, at a deeper level. Sometimes in ancient civilizations they interpret it as everything has a, a, a little spirit. There's this little spirit here and a spirit there. But of course, this is, it's, it's deeper than that. Everything is a manifestation of consciousness. It's the, consciousness is the intelligence that underlies the universe. There is a vast intelligence that is the organizing principle behind the manifestation of all life forms. There's a vast intelligence at work beyond sense perceptions. The Romans believed it, the Polynesians believed it, every, the ancient Europeans believed it, in Africa, in everywhere, in China, in, in Taoism, all that. The, in, in Roman times, every house, they believed, had, a, they had an energy field that they called the, the spirit of the house. And of course, in China, in, in Japan, you have Feng Shui, a similar thing. You are, you, it still has survived from those times, since there is an, there's an energy field. Whereas for contemporary humans, the advanced humans, the world has become lifeless. That started with scientific materialism in the 19th century. The world has become, it's, it's not really perceived as being alive, and even the natural world was regarded as a, they began to regard the natural world as a commodity. So they, they lost that, the, I think, that sense of the aliveness and the, ultimately the sacredness of all things that is hiding beyond the appearance. And that is a terrible loss, and this is why we arrived at such a crisis point now. But that is a loss in the, within the human, because through excessive conceptualization, the ego has grown and grown and grown, and this excessive conceptualization deadens the world around you, because everything is filtered through concepts. Every human that you meet is, is called something. It's filtered through conceptualization. No longer, there's no longer the, the sense of connectedness, neither from young human to another, nor from human to nature. And even the connectedness with an, with an object. I've had for many years, I've had this, <laughs> when I mention it, people uh, think I'm a little weird, well I suppose I am a little weird, but um, for always that sense of 
that certain objects that I live with, they're kind of my friends. It's not an attached, not an egoic attachment, just an acknowledgement. I've had a car, I bought a car for 16 years ago, I still have it, it's my friend. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'd rather get an electric car now, but I can't leave my friend behind. <laughs> uh, when I lived in England, this is a funny story, but <laughs> when I lived in England, I had a car. I didn't have much money, so I bought the cheapest car I could find. It was a Russian-made car called Lada, and I loved it. It was wonderful, but people laughed at it because, oh, ha, ha, Lada, because it's very slow, and they said it often breaks down. It never broke down, and I loved it. Only embarrassing thing was going up a hill. You had to, because very slow, and you were holding up all the traffic behind you. But other than that, so to have a Lada, you either needed to be very poor or egoless. In my case, both applied. And finally, I left, decided to leave England, and a friend of mine said, Oh, I'll buy your larder. I need a car. I said, Okay. Can't remember for how much. It wasn't too much. And two weeks later, I had left England. I don't know if I received a letter. There were no text messages then. When they called, I received a letter. Two weeks later, the car broke down and never recovered. <laughs> Couldn't even get repaired anymore. It was terrible. Much later, I gave him back his money, but at the, t at the time I couldn't, but later I did. <laughs> That's a little aside, but <laughs> everything is alive. It is quite important to reverse what has happened to us the last few generations and also the, the, the sense of nihilism, nihilism or nihilism that afflicts many humans these days, young humans perhaps even more so, and, and, and sometimes they find the, the weirdest causes and things because could combat their nihilism. But the purposelessness of, of well, it's a huge disease, it's a collective disease afflicting millions of humans, a sense of purposelessness of existence. It's a, it's a terrible thing. And uh, again, I want to go into that more deeply in the next few days, point of the pur purpose of your life beyond the personal purpose, which may or may not be present. Another practical advice is not to indulge in excessive intake of sustenance, physical food in other words, not eat too much in other words, so that um, you don't get a sense of heaviness. Also refrain from alcohol, but I'm not, not as a if you cannot enjoy a, a meal without a glass of wine or a, a beer, by all means, go ahead. It's perfectly fine. But if you know that once you've had your first glass, you cannot stop. If you know that, then it's better not to have the first glass. If the first glass is never the last, then it would be better here to stop because the, it could cloud your mind 
and uh, become a hindrance to the arising of presence, the, the awakening. It, it can cloud your mind, or any other kind of drug could do that also. One last thing. I already mentioned perceiving without labeling as a practice, alert sense perception. Nature, especially natural things, and they're everywhere here, nature is extremely helpful, especially in this, the world that we live in, for sanity, even not just here where you go back into your everyday life, sanity can easily be found in nature if you go. Because the, you can divide the world into the human-made world and the natural world. And some people live almost exclusively in the human-made world, especially if you live in a big city. But there is always there's this vision that when I was a child, I, would, I was not happy a lot of the time when I was a child because of dysfunctional family background. They couldn't help it. They were just in the grip of their ego. But I, when I was given a bicycle, I was able to leave the city and cycle to the outskirts where there was some nature. Not magnificent nature, just ordinary trees and some fields and trees. And, um, and there I experienced my moments of happiness and relief in nature. And already there I knew the difference between the human-made world, that was the world of unhappiness for me, and the natural world, which was the world where I experienced a sense of freedom. And the strangest thought that always went through my mind when I was on my bicycle cycling in nature, and then I sometimes would get off my bike and just sit there and look around. And always I had this thought in my head which said, this will always be here. This will always be here. And I was only 10, 11, 12 years old, that this will always be here. This will always be here. And I didn't even fully understand what, what this meant. I could feel, but I realized later, this is nature and this is the man. And the man-made, the human-made world is not actually going to last. <laughs> the natural world is, relative to the human-made world, is almost eternal. And the, the planet has unbelievable ability for regeneration, which we may talk about some other time. So the, the humans will not destroy, they should do all they can to refrain from causing harm to the planet, obviously. But even if they go totally insane and they don't manage, they will not be able to destroy the... I will, can, I, I will talk about that some other time. You don't need to believe me now. <laughs> And especially as you go to sleep, make sure that the last thing that you are aware of before entering sleep, make sure that the last thing is not your device. <laughs> or oh, the TV is still running.
a good practice is you lie in bed on your back and place attention into the body, the inner energy field of your body. So you feel the body, I've many times written and spoken about it as an important practice, inner body awareness. What you're aware of is not the physical body, it's that which animates the physical body. And so it takes your attention away from thinking. It's a very easy, quick way of stopping your mind without exerting some willpower and saying, stop, stop, stop. That won't work anyway. But there's a tension into your body, abdomen, hands, feet. Feel them from within. Feel the, the liveness that pervades the, the, the physical body. The, and from there, you gradually go to sleep. That's a beautiful, completely different way of entering sleep. And, and if you wake at night with certain thoughts, fearful thoughts, for many people, as they wake at night, oh, oh, what's going to happen? Nothing. This is the present moment, and there's nothing happening. Yeah. But what's going when I get back home? But my life is just in this old shambles. Where we, oh my God, where am I going to? There's nothing. There is no crisis now. This this is the present moment, the present moment. And this you in a, in bed. It's warm and comfortable. So go into the into the body. Take attention away from that, and you can feel. If you feel the inner body. There's no attention left for thinking, and it's usual. So whenever you have a sleepless night, you begin to be plagued by thoughts. Direct your energy. You start with the abdomen, breathe into it, for example. It rises, and you feel that as you breathe in, follow the attention with your breath. And the abdomen rises and falls, rises and falls, and then you feel the energy spreading out from there. Or you can start with your hands until you get a sense of global aliveness pervading the body. Beautiful. And when you wake up, just one last thing, when you wake up and these thoughts begin to tell you how critical your life is, and then you say, okay, I'm going to go into the body, and then the thought that will arise most likely is, no, I can't do it now. No, this is not the time. I can't. This, this, I can, no, no, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Are you going to believe that thought or not? Because don't believe every thought that comes into your head. So, and if the thought says, I can't, yes, I can. Here, look, I'm doing it. <laughs> so don't get uh, persuaded by a thought that tells you, no, you can't do it now. Many people don't say, I, 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 I'm interested in spiritual things, but there's too much happening in my life now. I have to sort that out first. And maybe I need less problems in my life so I can dedicate my life to spiritual awakening, not with these, these people around me. I can't do it. Uh, but that's not actually how it works. Your present situation is the most helpful one for spiritual practice. Whatever your life situation is, use that. That's the entry point. 
use that no matter how difficult it seems to be use that that's your portal thank you I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.